empty your mind, be formless, shapeless. So yeah, Mumble Podcast. This is another Mumble episode. Mumble Podcast, everybody. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Mumble Podcast. Yes, and here I am with my um, lovely mum- mumbling partner, right, yeah. Keteta? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Again, as always, I'm glad to hear and see you. You know, because uh, we haven't seen since since last Saturday, right? Yeah, Can yeah, we... uh huh, yeah, uh, yeah. Should have been last Saturday or something. We've had we've had we've had a couple of things that have kind of um, you know we've had a lot going on you know the past couple of days. So I guess yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're here, you know, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to discuss today, to my mind, it's a very interesting thing. It's, um, it's about creativity, something that I'm, um, that I'm trying to... To me, it's a, like, a, like a riddle, which I'm trying to un, like, untangle. Yeah. And uh, what it is, uh, if it is a learnable or not, that's what I'm going... Again, please be ready, I'm going to bombard you with a bunch of questions. Uh, and yeah, the, yeah, no, and I, you're very welcome to can ask something no, that, definitely, that, yeah, uh-huh. that 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 sparks your kind of curiosity. But anyway, you know, um, again, talking about uh, everybody uh, hates Chris, right? You watched it this series a lot of years ago, right? When you yeah, watched yeah, it? like lots of years ago, yeah. When it was still popular, like when it used to when it used to show on television, yeah, sure, uh-huh, yeah. And I'm watching it on the kind of in English, but um, you know what? The only thing that I noticed that I don't know if it's going to be, if it is a through line or not, is that even though that everybody really hates Chris, he's, uh, he's not, he's, unwe- he's unwelcomed everywhere, yeah. you know, but he keeps that uh, love and, uh, I don't know, respect because he's responsible for his brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, he keeps doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the... I'd like yeah. to get your opinion, like uh, what you felt watching that uh, series. Yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that, and I guess, I guess you could say that Chris has got a strong sense of duty. You know, okay, yeah, he has, he has a, a strong sense of duty, and that, that's the funny thing. Like the word duty, um, you know, it's, you know, I feel like it's, um, well, I won't say for the better, for the worse, you know, but you know, just something to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be kind of fading away from our from our, you know, current discourse. You know? Wow. Yeah. Like, you've probably, you've probably noticed that, um, like, okay, so, on to the, let's say the topic of identity, right? Okay. And what, um, what counts as identity has actually shifted a lot, mm-hmm. you know, over the generations, over the centuries. And duty back in the day was actually a, a very big... Um, you know, a very big constituent, a very big part of what um, uh, people characterized as part of their identity. So, um, you know, for example, if you asked somebody from um, a couple of centuries ago, right, like, who are are you? You know, Mm -hmm. they would say, you know, first, you know, first and foremost, I'm I'm a husband, I'm a, like, I'm a husband, I'm a wife, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. a, you know, they define themselves in terms of their duty. Yeah. Like, yeah, in terms of their, uh, what they owe society. Yeah. Sure. And um, that mode of self-identification has kind of shifted away from duty towards something like um, something like authenticity, probably. Okay. Yeah, and it's more like uh, such that if you ask somebody, "Who are you?" You know, in this day and age, you don't hear much about um, 
like, you, first of all, people are not really, I mean, the idea of patriotism is also kind of fading away. So you, sure. people don't define themselves as, um, you know, owing something to their, whether it's their spouse or owing something to their uh, country. So uh, identity has shifted away from a duty-based, um, let's see, def definition of identity uh -huh. towards something um, towards something like auth authenticity, whereby it's like, you know, I, I, I'm whoever, like I'm whoever I feel like, you know, at any at any particular moment, okay, yeah, at any particular moment in time, yeah. I don't really, and it's just kind of funny, yeah. How it's just kind of funny to notice how, um, yeah, uh, you know, the idea of duty is just kind of, you know, left our discourse re regarding self identity. Okay, and um, is that okay that it's happening? I don't know, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't like to put value judgments on these kinds of things. It's kind of like the question of, oh, is globalization good or bad? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, I'm not going to say whether it's good, whether it's good or not. Yeah, I'm just saying it's happening. Yeah, sure. and you know, things change. You know, things are constantly in flux, and that's. But I think you know that personally, people might be fed up with. Uh, following these duties, mm, you know, initially mm -hmm. they were maybe, uh, they, they were just enjoying, like, being spouse and, the, I mean, following these rules, these duties yeah, that yeah, they were mm -hmm. given yeah. uh, without even asking. Yeah, they considered it a part of their identity. Sure. Like, I'm first and foremost, uh, yeah, a spouse, I'm a good husband, I'm a good wife, I'm a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly, including patriotism. Yeah. patriotism. Mm -hmm. But today I think... Um, it's, again, as you mentioned, uh, things are changing and uh, people are reframing uh, these values, including these values, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's why it, it seems to be like a fade in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think, yeah, we are just, uh, I wouldn't say that we've already, you know, kind of um, like uh, set these new, let's say, set of mm -hmm. uh, duties or something that we have to, that we, are, that we should uh, adhere to. And then... Um, I would say that we are still looking for something, right, yeah. something that we can identify with. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're in a kind of we're in a transitional phase. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you eliminate something, yeah, you you've got to, yeah, you've got to find something else to latch onto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah right, that's so. Absolutely right. Yeah. And including uh, that's why I'd like just to, I think it's a great hook to start our topic, which is about creativity. And uh, uh, you know, first of all, I'd like you to define maybe. How do you, what's creativity to your mind? Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, an, that's an interesting question, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a short answer and then there's a slightly longer answer. Okay. I, guess the sh the shorter, I guess the shorter answer would be... Just in a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell, I guess creativity is, um, I guess creativity is, it's humanity's ability to... Um, it's humanity's ability to, you know, to, to form something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To form something that wasn't there before, you know, okay. speaking purely technically. Yeah. And, you know, it might just be because there's always the, there's always this question of, um, you know, what exactly separates human beings from other animals? You know, do we just exist? Is there anything distinct, um, on a, on a qualitative level about human beings or do we all just exist on some kind of spectrum with all mm -hmm. other creatures? Yeah, and, you know, creativity might just be it, you know? Um, and I'm not... Like, to use religious language, for example, it would be like, um, 
you know, this kind of um, this old Western idea that you know God uh, created the universe, and the fact that we can create things is what we share with uh, our Creator, and so on and so forth. Wow, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a. <laughs> I haven't yeah. heard that, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. It's I a, mean, no matter what we come up with, we share that with our creator, right? Yeah, like that's um, that ability to create. Yeah, okay. that's the feature that we share with um, with the creator. With the creator, yeah. Wow. Just yeah, just speaking in just speaking in religious terms. Yeah, I like see. Not, I yeah. see. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's it's super interesting because um, you know, just going back to the history of it, like um, in pre-Christian societies like ancient Greece, ancient India, uh, ancient Rome, um, they actually didn't have any concept. Um, they didn't have any concept um, equivalent to what we call creativity today. Mm -hmm. Back then, uh, they thought, no, human beings can't create anything. Yeah, they can only mimic. Mm -hmm. They can only mimic or um, discover. Yeah, that's all. I see. Um, the idea of creativity... Uh, came about in the Christian era, but it really only took shape um, like after the Renaissance. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, like after the Renaissance. Yeah, um, it got more fleshed out during the Enlightenment, and then in the 19th century, like um, in the wake of Darwinism. Okay. Yeah, was when scientists really started to look into creativity and actually um, focus on it as a kind of separate um, trait. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess human history has kind of been a. It, it's kind of been a. It's just it's been us, you know, taking it more and more seriously as time has gone gone on. I guess. Yeah. Do you think we've we've uh, kind of achieved a lot um, regarding creativity, or you know, there is a, just a just a, a lot to unearth? Ah, you mean as far as um, like um, like studying it? Yeah, yeah. I think there's plenty left to unearth. Yeah, wow. I think. Who, I, be honest, yeah, I think we're we've we've barely scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Okay, so and uh, you know what? Why I ask you? Because yeah, and uh, to my mind, creativity really. I I wish I were creative. I mean, I I'd like to be. I I feel like uh, you know, not even I feel like I would say like I'm jealous seeing people who I see creative. But again, it's a it's a quite subjective thing. I mean, being creative because. Uh, some people might say, okay, being creative is to be uh, covered by different tattoos, for example, or yeah, yeah. stuff um, like yeah. that, you know, or, or uh, you know, having your house decorated in different paintings and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But to my mind, being creative is to have this creative attitude to, to, your, uh, to your job, to your duties, you know, something yeah. that you're responsible for. Mm -hmm. So, and then... Uh, and I've read an article which I'd like to talk about. Yeah, this sure. is, mm -hmm. uh, and the, this article, you know, let me just take my phone. This article kind of based on three key, uh, like, um, networks in our brain. It, it's more, you know, like, a, it has sort of a biological perspective. I mm -hmm. mean, okay. it's like, uh, let me just look at this. Um, uh, this one, yeah. It's about CEN, like a central executive network, mm -hmm. SN, like a salience network, and D DMC, uh, default mode net, uh, yeah, default mode net, DMN, sorry, it's about default mode, mode network. network yeah. Uh huh, mm -hmm. yeah. You are studying that kind of thing, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, 
according to this criteria, uh, according to this article which I read on Eon, let me just quote them. Eon, it's a website, uh, dear listeners, you're very welcome to listen to to read different articles there. They are extremely interesting. And th this article goes like talent you are born with, creativity you can grow yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in a nutshell, it says like uh, these free uh, networks, you know, they get activated whenever you a uh, kind of daydreaming, b you uh, you know have these. I mean, it defines like uh, into two, I don't know how to say, two points, let's say. Uh, first one, uh, pers persistent, persistent cognitive and, uh, and uh, flexible cognitivity. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. persistent cognitivity and, and the flexible one. Yeah. And when it comes to persistent, um, uh, CEN, like a central executive network, gets activated. As for... Uh, the second, as for flexible, it's our DMN and the CN, sales network. When it comes to creativity in general, you know, like when yeah. we come up with uh, something new, yeah. no, regardless, it's uh, art, music, uh, or maybe comedy, mm -hmm. it be, it's believed, according to the author of this article, it's believed to, um, that these, all, these three um, networks, they get all activated all together, and in, in the... Like in the end, we get the, we get what we get, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, I'd like you now to kind of maybe shed some light uh, regarding uh, these networks: central executive network, salience network, and the uh, maybe default mode network. So, and uh, do you know? Do you do you believe that these networks might be really responsible for creativity, or it's something really you are you either born with or not? Um. Well, I suppose I'm going to give the most boring answer, but okay. uh, it's a mix. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, it's the most cliche answer ever. Yeah, but it is kind of a mixture, I suppose. And like a lot of study has gone into, um, you know, the I mean, because creativity, mm -hmm. um, in as much as we may look at it as a separate um, as a separate element, right, of um, human cognition, let's say, it is. Um, I mean, it is at the very least attached, right, to things okay. like um, like it, the link between creativity and intelligence, for example, is something that's been studied for a very long time, yeah. And its creativities, you know, might very well also be linked to certain personality traits like um, open-mindedness, okay. yeah, or rather openness, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trait openness and creativity also have a very high correlation, uh -huh. yeah. Um, because of the big five uh, personality traits. Yeah, yeah. neuroticism. Exactly, right? yeah. Neuroticism, yeah. Um, agreeableness. Mm -hmm. Openness. Extra extroversion, openness, yeah. Conscientiousness. Yeah. People with a high, um, high agreeableness and um, openness uh, mixed with a high general intelligence tend to be very, you know, tend to be, tend to be more creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, there's, um, so there's creativity as a separate phenomenon, and then there's creativity, you know, as something that's you know inextricably linked to, you know, other parts of, um, uh, you know, other parts of a person's, um, you know, of a person generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, I guess once again, yeah, back to the initial answer. It is a, it is some sort of mix, you know, in that there's a natural component. 
and then there, you know, there's a congenital component, and then there's a, uh, and then there's the element that you have some kind of, um, some kind of control over, you know, like you were refer you were referencing an article that talked about um, how to develop, um, you know, how to gr grow your creativity by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. What do you think about, um, you know, what do you think about the prospects of being able to? Do you think you can, like, become more creative through some external means, like I don't know, doing creative tasks or something like that? Yeah, that's what I'd like to. Uh, yeah, even you know, there is a. I do. I do believe that mm -hmm. it's possible and it's a learnable thing. And uh, there are even a bunch of kind of uh, creativity-based tasks yeah, exist, yeah. Mm -hmm. like. And even uh, there is a program called, uh, uh, oh, come on, it's like a brain, you know, it's it, in, in like in, in, in two words, it's about uh, brainstorming and, uh, you know, like, but as for doing creative stuff, uh, I don't know, will you be surprised or not, is that in order to improve your creativity, mm -hmm. you have to be able to deal with your routine. Yeah. I mean, if you manage to deal with your routine, like with that, you know, boredom, um, you're very likely to be creative because nothing teaches you better than boredom, you know, than routine stuff that you have to repeatedly do at work, at home, regardless, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, but again, at the same time, I think we can like um, boost that through doing different um, like tasks, you know, it's like, uh, because I believe you have to uh, again if we if we take it like a principle uh, I mean these three networks as I said mm -hmm. central executive network salience network and the default mode network if we take them as a kind of starting point mm -hmm. and if we practice them, if we train them from time to time you know yeah. we you know like a, we can we can uh, suggest that sooner or later we will get something right yeah yeah on mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there, it would, there would be, it, it wouldn't be unwise to suggest that. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what I'm talking about. But yeah. what I'd like to focus on is to about cognitive flexibility mm -hmm. and uh, uh, cognitive uh, persistence. So as for cognitive flexibility, um, it allows us to make rapid switches, you know, in thinking yeah, exactly, between yeah. one and... Uh, that's cognitive flexibility. Exactly. Yeah. As for cognitive persistence, it's like something that you... Uh, you know that he, that enables you to stick with a difficult task, something, something uh, like um, something you know, uh, yeah, something that time-consuming. I mean, yeah, something time-consuming, repetitive, maybe, and yeah. something that you have to kind of you know generate the sort of mind power to like push through. Yeah, to push through to the very end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, as for cognitive flexibility, do you think that you are good at switching? Do you feel comfortable? Do you, have you noticed that you Really, uh, you know, when it comes to making these kind of rapid decisions, you make them and uh, it's fine. Um, to some extent, although I think that my, um, right, although I think that the other one is better developed for, for me. Than, uh -huh. um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm, um, I think my cognition is a bit more rigid than, than flexible. Yeah. Wow. I think I, yeah, I think I do have a certain degree of flexibility, but I, I feel that, um, just my approach to my cognitive approach to certain things is um, definitely it definitely I think it leans more towards rigidity, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. And just kind of you know developing mechanisms uh, through which I can. What I try to do is um, 
what I, what I try to do about that is, and it's something I've, you know, tried to experiment with a little bit, you know, in, um, mm -hmm. you know, within the, you know, within the realm of teaching and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I try to use, um, randomness as a way of developing cognitive flexibility. So like, obviously, um, I mean, obviously, um, most of a teacher's lessons are going to be, you know, uh, run of the mill. You know, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to be ordinary. They're going to be, you know, you've got to do the exercise. Mm -hmm. You've got to do the reading. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, there's no escaping that. Sure. Right? I mean, it's inevitable. Not, yeah, not every lesson can be a party. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, I tried to introduce. I remember I started experimenting with a certain technique where I would write things randomly, right, like on little pieces of paper, then I'd put them in a bag, mix them up, and then I'd, um, let's say, pick three or four pieces of paper, yeah, in a, in a random order. Then I'd see what's written on them, and then I'd try to, uh, then I would try to um, create an exercise, yeah, based on the topic we're doing, mm. using only what's written on these, um, on these little pieces of paper. So, for example, if I have chair, I don't know, rain, and some other stuff, yeah. I'll, jacket. Yeah, jacket, yeah. We're like, okay, so, all right. And let's say the topic we're doing with the students is, um, I don't know, past simple. Okay. Then I'd be like, okay, everybody should stand up, uh, leave their jackets um, or coats, yeah, on the chair and... Um, I don't know, glue like a piece of paper onto the jacket and then uh, try to, you know, just something like that until it ends up like a credible um, exercise to work on past simple, yeah. And okay. it produces pretty interesting results, yeah, like things you'd never have thought of like in your, in your you know, usual mode of thinking, yeah. Cool. So I try to use randomness to kind of escape the box because, um, you know, it, you know, we we think within the box. Like, you know, we always talk about sure. thinking outside the box. Yeah, it's really hard to escape that box. Yeah, it's a very... Um, I mean, I remember somebody was talking about... Like, if you look at the buildings we have, right? Mm -hmm. They're all box-shaped, you know? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, the room we're in right now is box-shaped. And... Um, you yeah, don't really, really, well, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it yeah, is exactly, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is so, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got that kind of standardized, you know, kind of shape which yeah. mm -hmm. everyone feels okay with. Right? Exactly, yeah. Uh -huh. Wow, yeah, yeah. I never thought It's the that. shape that you're trained to live in, to uh -huh. feel comfortable in, yeah, and to think in as well, obviously. Yeah, it has its, its metaphorical, like, a point of view. Exactly, yeah. Because mm -hmm. you are in that box. Yeah. Well, as for, wow, you know, it's great that, and did that work? I mean, that method which you tried. Yeah, it, it, um... Yeah, it, it's, um, it, you know, yeah, it, like I said, it's helped produce things that um, I absolutely never would have thought about, yeah, in my usual mode of thinking. And okay. that's the most important thing, yeah. Um, I actually got, got the idea from um, a certain technique that some songwriters used to use. People like David Bowie, Kurt mm -hmm. Cobain, yeah, they would, like, um, you know, toss pieces of paper, you know, onto a board or a wall, yeah, and just kind of see what happens. And you get these lyrics, yeah, that, um, once again, you never would have thought of. 
but you know, putting them together, they open like a, an entirely new horizon of meaning. Like, yeah. Wow, yeah. Something so I think well. introducing, like injecting a bit of randomness into, into what you do might actually um, kind of contribute. Yeah, yeah, creativity. exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, um, you know, I've got two questions, but the first one, it refer I think I should have asked you at the beginning. But anyway, um, again, I, I, I'm sure that our listeners might be like wondering, like, whether, whether people born with being creative, be, be initially creative, you know, like inner, inner that sense of creativity. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. or, I, yeah. or it's, uh, would say it's a kind of thing that we acquire, you know, throughout our, our life. Yeah. I mean, first, I think that, um, first of all, I think each and every human being has um, at least a certain capacity to exercise creativity in their day-to-day okay. -day lives. Yeah. Everybody, you know, bar none. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Um, I think that people are born not necessarily with, um, you know, with a heightened creativity like on its own, but I think some people are born with um, certain other factors okay. that in the right environment may contribute to, um, you know, highly creative productivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, so like we talked about, yeah, you certain, you know, particular um, personality traits, um, uh, maybe certain degrees of intelligence and so on and so forth. Yeah, uh -huh. and then fostered, you know, in the right environment, um, it all comes together and contributes to, um, yeah, to to creativity, to, to high creativity. Is it just a sort of a struck of luck? If you if you really you you know you've got this, let's call it like a proper gene base. Mm -hmm. You are born in a proper um, cultural background. You know, like you are surrounded by uh, by uh, sort of a uh, uh, fruitful, you know, uh, spoil, can I say? Spoil like, uh, you know, area where you can grow and uh, yeah. eat. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's say fruitful area, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I forgot just where that. And uh, soil, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the word soil. Sorry, fruitful soil. Yeah. And uh, so, your gene base, yeah. um, background, which is fruitful for your creativity, right, to kind of to, to blossom that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, maybe appropriate, you know, kind of uh, like attitude from 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 adults, you know, like your parents, maybe teachers. So, so those people who you're supposed to interact with initially at the beginning of your life, like at the first age yeah. at school. Mm -hmm. So do you think if, if all of this like uh, set in a kind of proper manner, so you, it's a, you really, it's a stroke of luck, like. In a way, yeah, to some extent it is a stroke of luck, yeah. I mean, part of it is a stroke of luck, and then the other part is, you know, how much effort um, you're willing to put in, or in other words, what you're going to do with that luck, you know. So it's one thing to be lucky, mm -hmm. it's another thing to, you know, use it to... And we, we mustn't forget that, um, like, I've... I, you know, I, I also remember reading one or two things about creativity, and it's usually discussed in terms of the four p's yeah. okay um four p's yeah yeah, four, yeah i guess yeah you know our listeners could could look up like the four p's of creativity yeah it's because like... it's not um creativity is not something it's not homogenous yeah okay it's not just you know one blob, blob you know it's like it's uh so for example there's the kind of creativity um well there's the kind of there's the kind of creativity that you apply, uh, it's something like what you were talking about. So mm -hmm. the kind of creativity that you apply 
in your day-to-day -day life, for mm -hmm. example. You're like uh, in solving small problems. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you need to, you know, we, we do apply creativity. Yeah, even, even in, you know, menial tasks. Yeah, there's the kind of creativity that people apply in their, per in their professional lives. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, so like as teachers, for example. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when Juliet was here, we were talking about how teaching is... I mean, a, te a teacher is a creative person, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's the kind of creativity, um, and I think this is the um, this is what people tend to think about when um, when the word creativity comes up, like the kind of creativity that leads to achievement. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, you think of Da Vinci, yeah. Uh -huh. You think of uh, Picasso. You think of Picasso, yeah. Uh -huh. You think of even Einstein, uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, and so. Those are all, um, they're also, they're also different things that also, that um, deserve their own, they deserve their own study, yeah, they deserve to be looked at, you know, um, by their own merits, yeah, so. I see, That's wow. the other thing about creativity, yeah, it's not, it's not completely homogenous either, yeah. Totally. Well, I know, um, yeah, the other thing I even, again, at the beginning I said, like, I wish I was creative, um, and uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, should we really try to be creative? Is it is it worth trying thing? At least, like, um, I mean, maybe we just need to just put it aside and live the way the life we want. You know, to, like, okay, yes, it exists, or maybe it doesn't. Something that we again we we came up with, and we we still believe that. Uh, I mean, is that as for? creativity you know like uh, should we really try to uh, regardless whether you're a teacher or I don't know engineer or a musician an artist maybe you just shouldn't try to um, you know kind of make your job and uh, creative or maybe you shouldn't just uh, try maybe you just need yeah. to just uh, do it the way that you feel mm -hmm. yeah I see your point yeah and yeah on the one hand yeah I agree with you because um yeah, I don't think anybody should feel any kind of pressure to um, to be an innovator okay. each and every time. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, when I was, um, I think that's why I made reference to teaching because I remember when I, uh, you know, earlier on, I I had this pressure. You know, I felt I felt as if each and every lesson had to, you know, have something. You know, needed to have some kind of bomb. You know, needed okay. to yeah, needed to be. I thought that each and every one had to be, um, had to be innovative, had to be, you know, entertaining, had to be. Um, I felt like I needed to reinvent the wheel, you know, or reinvent the bicycle each and every time. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, eventually, yeah, I was counselled by people who know better, and I was told, like, you know, it's it doesn't have to be like that all the time. In fact, the majority of the, you know, the majority of it is, you know, the. You know, the routine stuff you were talking about, like, you can't do away with routine, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, um, plus, people have already, uh, there's so much material on the internet, yeah. Like, you don't have to, you know, sit down and, oh, I have to be creative, I have to be creative, yeah. Like, there's, um, there's so much stuff, yeah, that can, you know, that can provide assistance, yeah. I see. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um... Over the years, yeah, you know that pressure to always kind of innovate, yeah, thankfully has, um, yeah, has left the building. Okay. Yeah, but on the other hand. Okay. 
But on the other hand, I think that I do think that um, we we seem to have we human beings seem to have some kind of creative impulse. Uh huh. I think that even if you try and you know put it aside, uh, you know, one day, you know, sooner or later, um, you'll feel this. Yeah, this. Um, You'll feel compelled, yeah, to do something creative. I think that it's, I think that it's a distinct feature, yeah, of um, it's a distinct feature of mankind. You know that, that that um, that tendency towards creativity, yeah, and yeah, you know, obviously it um, expresses itself in different ways, yeah. But I think there's a there's a creative spark in in each and every in each and every human being, yeah. Wow. And whether you go and get a tattoo or you write a poem or you um yeah whatever it is you do yeah i think we need some we all need some kind of creative outlet i mean what was the point of this podcast uh-huh <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Exactly. we yeah we needed some kind of creative outlet and yeah we decided that a podcast would be a a good medium yeah uh-huh. through which we could um yeah. share our ideas and exactly. feel that we are really doing something and we are just uh uh yeah, we are just uh, kind of feeling that hole, if I can say so, sort of yeah. uh, that that need we which we were maybe um, born for, born yeah. for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, it's great point that you uh, touched upon. I mean, uh, making tattoo and having tattoo and uh, like making, I mean, writing poems and yeah. music mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, in this case, I'd like to well, like um, refer to comedy, particularly stand-up comedy. Because I'm a big fan of it, and uh, I've read a bunch of documentaries, you know, and uh, particularly about Russian stand-up comedy. Because now it's, um, you know, before the situation outside, it was, it was really, uh, it was taken off. You know, it was really attractive for people. I mean, not only for residents here in, here in Russia, but for like those who live in Europe and the Western, uh, in in Western countries. And uh, one of the key principle of stand-up comedy is that um, you may, I mean, um, you can learn how to joke. It's not just the inner thing, you know? Yeah, it's great that you've got that charisma, yeah, yeah. your mm-hmm. magnetism, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you know, can draw that attention uh, whenever you come into a room, for example, or yeah. on a, go on a stage. But moreover, it's a learnable thing and you can learn how to um, create jokes and uh, crack jokes and you know and uh, can entertain people in a in a in a in a great way like big professionals in a stand-up comedy store like Seller, for example. I mean, that's why I refer to is that um, do not you think creativity might be learned and might be a learnable thing because um, as well as it is uh, with uh, stand-up comedy. Uh, when it comes to, you know, as, as you said, like it, you shouldn't just sit and uh, force yourself to come up with something unusual or you need you force yourself like uh, I need to think out of the box or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if you just uh, go out, read, listen, you know, you just observe uh, as much information as possible from different sources. You know, you, you, you try to have this, to have uh, quite, you know, like uh, the life which is full of different events, occasions, I mean, again, as I said, reading, listening, watching, taking part in different uh, activities and so on and so forth. And then 
having analyzed all of this stuff that you've gone through, you, in the end of the day, you, you, you have something uh, that you might um, wrap up as a, as a product, as a, for example, jokes, mm-hmm. talking about comedy. Yeah. And in terms of creativity, do not think if you, like if a person, you know, reads a lot, uh, kind of different stuff, I mean, then uh, listens, then watches, and, you know, as long as you stick to that content, various content, you may really spark that creativity. You may that, you water that soil, which will lead to some, I don't know, kind of, some, some um, goods like creativity, I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I think, yeah. And I think that's the, uh, yeah, I, I, and I think that's the best approach, um, ultimately. I think that, because somebody could, um, I mean, let's say sp- speaking uh, specifically about comedy, for example, somebody could, could have the predeterminant, you know, mm-hmm. for a... Um, Cracking jokes. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, you know, the magnetism you made reference to, the, the charisma and so on and so forth, yeah. And, you know, the... The, the yeah the predeterminants of creativity, but um, I think that it it works best when you when it has a when it has a substrate that it can actually you know build off of yeah that it can that it can work on you know that that it can build off of and uh-huh. um, yeah there's um, I, I guess it's there's this kind of I think we've all met like raw like uh, people who have a certain kind of raw creativity you know mm-hmm. like people who have you know a kind of untamed creativity like okay. you can see that yeah we're dealing with a very creative person but um the creativity is kind of you know it's not cooked you know it's like mm-hmm. it's um you know it's unseasoned and you can see that you know the person didn't really take the time to absorb the um you know, to absorb the, to absorb, how can I put it, to absorb the, um, you know, just the, the parts that, um, ah, you know, we're standing on the back, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of, of giants, you know, as okay. they say, yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a, you know, listening, Listening to as much as you can, reading as much as you can, yeah. Like, if if you don't take the time to do that, you know, taking in, absorbing all the stuff that um, you know that the people before you have worked hard to um, to create, mm-hmm. yeah. Then your I think your creativity kind of remains raw, you know, mm. and it yeah it remains raw and it remains um, it produces things that may not actually be useful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, whereas um, creativity that's, um, you know, acting on the basis of a solid, um, yeah, like of a, of a solid foundation, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anything built on a solid foundation, yeah, produces better results, yeah. And um, so if you've actually spent the time and um, you've, you've made the effort to... Uh, to absorb, you know, the basics of uh, the particular art form or whatever it is, yeah, okay. and then exercise your creativity upon that basis, um, you'll end up producing things uh, that'll actually be useful to people. Uh-huh. Um, things that'll actually, um, 
spread and maybe even move culture a step forward. You yeah, know, you know? I see. Well, and um, yeah, that's it really it, it makes uh, it makes sense when it comes to that. First of all, you should be really uh, professional uh, with that thing that you are doing. I mean, yeah, you're, whether you're a teacher or an engineer, as I said. Um, yeah. But in this case, I'd like to refer to art again, because mm -hmm. art goes hand in hand with uh, creativity, of right? Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, art is creating something out of nothing, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Uh, I mean, uh, talking about music, right? We both are a fan of sort of a rap music, particularly like a Western music. And I asked you before, I think one of our previous episodes about ASAP Rocky, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Those guys who grew up in, in like, um, in the neighborhoods uh, or neighborhoods, whatever you call it, which are like, um, uh, you know, simply put, these neighborhoods are not, uh, are not sort of role models for, for people like uh, in which they may grow up. Uh, they, there is a kind of high crime rate, for example, and, uh, you know, kind of re those regions uh, where basics are put in a high regard. I mean, like basics to have, uh, to have food. Yeah, just to, food, shelter, yeah. Uh -huh, yeah like the so stuff at the bottom of Maslow's pyramid. Yeah. Exactly. But nevertheless, again, we've got this uh, evidence with ASAP, uh, particularly that nevertheless, you know, we have extremely creative and talented people. And yeah. uh, how? How come? So, yeah, and uh, is, it, is it just a stroke of luck? If it is so, but I can that that society in which he grew up, for example, um, it really uh, was uh, kind of contributed to great, to create that. Because, again, today his music is, uh, and uh, he and among other uh, artists, are, they are trendsetters, you know, they mm -hmm. are really, um, they're not just uh, there for, like, uh, you know, for a while. Those people, I mean, those artists are, uh, for sure, like, those who you want to follow, you want to be them. Yeah, they've left their mark on, on, yeah, yeah. on culture, definitely. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. looking for. Yeah. So, and uh, how would you that explain? Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like we concluded last time, you know, if somebody has... Um, if somebody has a certain talent, you know, or if somebody has, you know, if somebody's just a tasteful individual, yeah, um, it's, you know, it doesn't matter where the person, it doesn't matter where the person is born, yeah. Uh -huh. If given the chance, it'll it'll shine through, yeah. Anyway, and um, I guess you know, it's it's um, obviously it's tempting to assume that, you know, the environment wasn't very conducive for. Um, you know, for that kind of development. But, you know, uh, you never know. Like, if you look into the microcosm, like, if you look into, the you know, the specific microcosms, you find that, um, you know, like, who knows the kinds of um, friends, for example, he may have had. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, you could be living, so you could be living in a, you know, in a really ramshackle neighborhood or something like that. Yeah, but, okay. um, you know, within that, you know, you might have, like, a, a crew, you know, just, sure. you, you know, you've just got four or five people and you're like, yeah, you just decide to be different. Yeah, you, d you just decide to kind of, um, yeah, you know, like rise up, you, you sort of decide to be above your circumstances. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of give each other motivation. You, uh, you know, you share and feed on, feed off of each other's enthusiasm. And yeah, so 
I guess we also shouldn't underestimate the degree to it, the degree to which um, in one particular set of circumstances there could be a microcosm um, in which uh, somebody you know who has the talent who has the um, yeah who has what it takes um, you know can can end up thriving yeah uh -huh. yeah I see I mean the same thing could be said about I don't know let's say I don't know someone like Pele or something like that okay who, yeah who arguably the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the king. If you, you can only, you, you can, you can, one can only imagine the, the lack of resources, uh, you know, in, in Brazil at that time, you know, they were probably, they were playing barefooted with, you know, with balls made out of plastic bags. Yeah. Know? And you'd think, oh, I mean, you know, in Europe, there are football academies and, um, yeah, you've got kids you know, from a very young age, you know, playing on turf and, yeah, they've got all the equipment, the boots and everything. And you'd think, oh, well, um, yeah, I mean, there's no way, you know, stars are going to come out of Brazil. But, you know, hey, presto, it's like, yeah. Um, I see. Yeah, it's amazing. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly. It's Again, I think it uh, proves itself that uh, that struck of luck, I mean... Again, we, we we tend to believe that having this equipment and the uh, money, let's say, and the um, good coach talking about yeah, sport, facilities, facility, yeah, yeah, all of these, uh, you know, like are sure to uh, result in uh, success, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we exclude the point that nature, I mean, even talking about Pele or a, a, a music musicians like ASAP, you know, they created something that was, I mean, not even created, they grew up and they, that vibe in which they were growing, growing, mm -hmm. sorry, uh, that was sort of a thing that made a difference, yeah. you know? I mean, that, that passion with which the Pele was playing football, that passion with which uh, ASAP was, was making music, that uh, hooked people up, you know, mm -hmm. like, Exactly that thing, and uh, but again, it's all about nature. I think. Why uh, you know another thing that uh, your point made me think of is that pressure. I'd like to refer to 20th century, uh, particularly our culture. I mean yeah. the Russian culture. Um, you know when we faced with a war, uh, and there was a pressure. I mean I'm talking about the early. 30s, you know, 20s. And that pressure, I'm talking about that art pressure, you know, and it led to, uh, led to, I don't know how to even uh, put it, like, um, led to eruption of, uh, you know, people had believed certain rules uh, to create art, to, 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 to relate to paintings, you know, like, okay, the, uh, your painting should be in that way, you should put certain colors, and it's called classicism, you know, like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it, it was something that everyone had to, had been aware of. Yeah. But then, avant-garde came into play, and the guys like Vasily Kandinsky, I don't know if yeah, you've heard, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kazimir Malevich, mm -hmm. uh, Tatlin, and so on and so forth, particularly I'm talking about Rush, including Picasso, Picasso, one of the... Um, uh, avant-garde 
yeah, yeah, I mean, artist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they came into play and they changed the game at all, you know. And uh, why is that happened, particularly here now in in Russia? Because back those days there was a extreme pressure, you know. They these guys were pressured, including Maykowski, because it was that time after when our when the Tsar period was ruined, you yeah, know, yeah, and there mm-hmm. was a, just a, a time when. Nobody knew what yeah, would happen, and so on. State of confusion, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Exactly in that kind of nation scale. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that pressure led to these great things that still exist. Again, yeah, um, there are a lot of people who may be who may disagree with me. Yeah, sure. But anyway, avant-garde and it still exists, and uh, these styles like uh, suprematism, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, or cubism, like cubism, a, sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, and do not think that sometimes pressure. And including those pressure that uh, people like Pele, like ASAP, faced with, may lead to really that what we have in the end of the day. Yeah, it's um, it's a combination of. I, I think it was um, I think it was Hegel who said that um, you know, you know, like what makes you sh- sometimes it's what makes you so sure that you know it it may it. It may be the case that it's you know it's not people who have ideas, but rather mm-hmm. ideas have people. You know, wow. and I think that um, you know, in addition to the pressure that you've um, you know, this just the pure circumstantial pressure that you've uh-huh. alluded to, I think there's um, there's I think there's shifting ideas, yeah, and shifting ideologies certainly comes into play, yeah. Like uh, for example, the shift from classicism to romanticism for example yeah. yeah i mean it was all based on ideas about art and the creative person and what a creative person actually is and so for example um a classicist uh, let's say musician yeah like okay. um you know haydn mozart uh-huh but the idea yeah mm, although i uh, bach was slightly before that yeah was i see I'm, I'm talking about this yeah, yeah. The, cl- the the classicist idea is that um, there's um, you know the world is you know it's harmonious you know there are things that we human beings value like truth beauty uh, and purely through rationality we can we can perceive that we can perceive those things and we can represent them and so um, classical music for example in the age of classicism yeah it was all about trying to represent um you know the purity and the harmony and the harmony of um yeah of life and of the universe yeah and then romanticism came in yeah mm-hmm. and the idea was completely different and it was like no the artist's job is not to represent the harmonious nature of um of the universe but rather to represent you know, the personal struggles of the artist, um, okay. him or herself, yeah. And um, so it starts with a new idea, which eventually leads to new art. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then some other societal pressures lead to another new idea, which lead to another new type of art, yeah. And it just keeps going. Always, uh, yeah. Yeah, just like that, yeah. Always and over. I mean, in the, yeah, later on, um, you start to have because you know all that all the stuff you talk about cubism and everything that was all part of modernism yeah mm-hmm. it was all under the framework of modernism mm-hmm. and then later you have postmodernism mm-hmm. yeah and then 
so we're, we're kind of in the, we're sort of in the postmodern era, yeah, and then, you know, who knows what's going to, what's going to be next, yeah. New idea, new art, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New circumstances, new ideas, new art, yeah. Then new circumstances, new ideas, new art, yeah. And it just keeps going in that order. You're right, yeah. Well, um, as for, I don't know, actually, I've asked all of just, uh, I was going to ask you if you've got something to maybe to ask me, you're very welcome. But while you are thinking, um, I'd like to refer to books, to music, and uh, to comedy, or like movies, you know, that maybe you watch and listen and do. Uh, something that really cons you consider to be extremely creative as a piece of art. Wow, all right, what a question. Well, to my mind, you know, in terms of movies, the or recently which I've watched is a movie uh, directed by uh, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick, yeah. Yeah, yeah and... Uh, uh, oh, come on. I hate my memory. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, uh, hold on a second. Uh-huh. Uh it's a... Uh, Cosmic Odyssey 2000. 2001, yeah. Exactly. Uh, space, space Odyssey. Yeah. Space, space yeah, Odyssey, space excuse Odyssey, me. I just translated yeah. mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. A space Odyssey 2001. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It's really extremely... It's, to my mind, it's a, in terms of movies, it's a, just a piece of art because the way that it starts, you know, I mean, when you look at the person, th these, uh, you know, like uh, first Stone Age people. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. No, definitely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, these uh, Stone Age people... Walking, you know, like a uh, kind of yelling at each other, you know, and trying to kind of, you know, fear each other. Then all of a sudden you have this uh, kind of cutting edge world with yeah. uh, spacecrafts, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the, again, this movie was uh, released back to 1965 or something. Something like that. 1968, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like the late uh, 60s, sure. Yeah, 60s, yeah. And the wow, I was really uh, for me, it was like eye opener. I mean, when I saw a guy, I mean, there was a scene when he was calling to his daughter yeah. via video call, yeah. and again, it was more than 50 years ago. Like, yeah. wow, yeah, it's always it's amazing to um, it's always amazing to see how um, you know, what kinds of what kinds of ideas uh, people had about, you know, for example, like 2001, yeah, like, you know, the, you know, there's so many of these jokes, like, you know, back in the 20th century, they must have thought 2022 would be, um, like, they'd be flying cars or something yeah. like that, but all we have is, like, uh, I don't know, NFTs and stuff, yeah. and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and just a bunch more memes, yeah, so it's just a, yeah, it's, it's always funny to, yeah, to look back and see, yeah, you know, what they, what they must have thought the future would be like, you know, like the 21st century, yeah, like sure. an, an entirely new millennium, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of unpredictable, the direction. Yeah, <laughs> it likes it. <laughs> As for flying cars, I just remembered Back to the Future too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, the where flying they... cars thing was a big, it was actually a pretty big, uh, it was a big thing, yeah. Sure. They really did expect, I mean, like, I guess it looked, um, you know, it looked self-evident, I guess. Like, oh, there's so much traffic on the road now. I guess the, 
logical next step is you know developing flying cars and it was in to war. simplify the process yeah to simplify everything and it was it was in um all fiction had flying cars yeah they were they were really um <laughs> yeah you know they they really seemed to expect flying cars yeah but they just they just never came yeah at least now right by now yeah well yeah again uh Again, talking about this uh, piece of art All that right, you yeah, find well, to be yeah, crazy. Yeah. Wow, yeah. It might be music, you know, that really, that yeah. you find something maybe conceptual, you yeah. know. Yeah. All right, I'll try and, yeah, I'll try and mention something from different um, art forms, yeah. Okay, so from music, um, all right, so for people that listen to classical music, there's, um, there's, an, op there's an opera by uh, Richard Wagner. Okay. Yeah, called the the Ring of the Nibelungs. Yeah. The Ring of Nibelung. Uh, yeah, the Ring of the of the Nibelungs. Excuse yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I miss because I haven't heard the Ring of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's um. I mean it's one of the greatest achievements in all of Western art, in my opinion. Yeah. It it took him twenty six years to compose. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, twenty six years. Yeah. And um, he wrote... Um, yeah, he must have had uh, cognitive persistence. Then. <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. extremely developed cognitive persistence. Yeah, yeah. Took him 26 years to write. And, you know, most opera composers, um, like, compose the music, and then they have a separate person compose what they call the libretto, yeah, which is like the words that everybody's singing. Yeah. Okay. Now, Wagner composed everything himself. Yeah, the music and the, the libretto. Yeah. Wow. It's ex it usually takes... Um, like it usually takes four nights to complete the whole opera. Yeah, like Come on. you go for you go and watch part one, and then the next day you go. And it's usually screened like in four cycles. Yeah, so yeah, it's just um, it's a, I mean it's a bit heavy-handed. Yeah, but it's a towering piece of art. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's it's an it's an unbelievable creative achievement. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So yeah, even now, you know, again, even with that, in fact, I haven't heard it. I mean, I haven't listened to that opera, but like the way that you express it, I do wanna, you know, like uh, listen to it. It's yeah, it's a colossal piece of art. Yeah, it's just. Uh, mm -hmm. It's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of um, like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies. Um, okay. Uh. I think Christopher Nolan takes a lot of creative liberties when it comes to um, his plots, like, you know, most recently, Tenet, of course, uh -huh. yeah, but also stuff like Interstellar and, um, yeah, like Interstellar, The Prestige, Memento, okay. it's, um, yeah, well, obviously, yeah, the Batman movies, Christian, yeah. Christian Bale, yeah, um, Inception, of course, uh -huh. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, N Nolan, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a pretty creative director, yeah, and he, but he takes why, a lot But why? Of... Okay, talking about Wagner, it was clear, I mean, that he was working hard always, you said, 25 years, right, to, uh, to, to make that. Uh -huh. But talking about Christopher Nolan, yeah. why do you find his works creative? I mean... Yeah, because... Um, like, as a... I don't know if you consider them sort of a masterpieces. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, not, not necessarily masterpieces, yeah, it's just... Um, I recognize a certain because I mean something can be you know not particularly creative but definitely a masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with Nolan, yeah, there's usually um, 
like for example, his two, I think it was released in 2001 and 1999, yeah, Memento. Okay. So it's a movie about this guy who he, he could only remember things... Um, you can only remember things... Um, Wait, I've seen that. Yeah. He's got a certain type of... He's got a certain really strange type of memory defect where he can only... Remember something that he had to solve, right? Or not? He remembers like, a, like 10 seconds... Um, he only remembers the last 10 seconds of... Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. of his life, like throughout, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh -huh. Or something along those lines, yeah. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. With all of the, yeah, all of his plots, um, like, they're usually, like, they're not, it's not really his spin on something that's already been done. Yeah, it's usually, um, you know, something entirely new. Yeah, there's a certain novelty in, uh, in Christopher Yeah, Nolan's something work. that yeah. had mm -hmm. never, had not tried, right, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I mean, like, Inception, yeah, like, um, you know, just the idea of stealing people's dreams, yeah, and implanting dreams into people's minds, yeah. Sure. I mean, that's a... Exactly. You can tell, yeah, a lot of... There's a lot of... Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of creativity that goes into his... Uh, yeah, that goes into his, into his work, into his thought process, yeah. You know, regarding that, I mean, talking about movies and the sort of a novelty, uh, to my mind, it was uh, Pulp Fiction. Right, Pulp With Fiction. the... Uh, come on, director... Tarantino, right? Tarantino, sure. Particularly that, you know, kind of uh, like uh, when the movie, you know, yeah, I before watching uh, that, uh, before watching Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, I'd been used to kind of watching and they considered movies like, okay, you've got just a starting point, you know, like, and the then narratives kind of, you know, it goes along with the movie, yeah, with the plot, but. When I watched that one, I was surprised with the fact that it's kind of um, like, um, you know, the movie was uh, full of different pieces and it, yeah. it, and it switched from piece to piece, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and it initially it, I was like, wow, what a, what's going on? I couldn't just even remember the character because there were a lot of characters, I mean, main yeah. characters. And then all of a sudden, like you weave all these pieces all together and you have this picture, you know, yeah. like. You get that, you know, yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah something that was a kind of was, and it's still, uh, yeah. Uh, then Richie, Guy Richie was uh, mm -hmm. kind of doing that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a novelty to my yeah, mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's all it's kind of like, yeah, it's all about you know people who who can open new doors. Yeah, mm -hmm. open new doors. You know, explore new territories. Yeah, and, yeah. Like I mean, you think of. Comedians like George Carlin, Richard Pryor, you know, okay. they, they also, um, you know, comedy was, you know, a certain type of thing before them. And then they, you know, they opened, they opened up a new space, you know, yeah, uh -huh. they explored new territory. Yeah. And, you know, people followed, followed suit. Yeah. And then you have other people who create new bridges. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You know. But as for George Carlin, you know, um, He's believed to be not a comedian. Yeah, yeah, it goes without saying that he was a comedian and great comedian. Yeah. But he was considered more as a psychologist, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. His his words were even taken like, uh, as you say, uh, into the history books. I mean, you know, like a lot of his words were quoted. Yeah. Like, uh, you shouldn't teach your child uh, kids read. You should teach them to 
to get doubtful when they read whatever they read and the and so on and so forth like and his specials were more than just uh, laughable they were you know thought provoking yeah, That was his innovation, yeah. That was yeah. his. That was his creativity. That was his, um, yeah, like his unique ability to you know, seamlessly um, blend comedy uh, with you know serious, thought-provoking um, social commentary. Yeah. Exactly. That's why when I was uh, watching his specials, um, that struck a uh, chord with me. Is that yeah. I wasn't like uh, you know I wasn't expecting something to uh, to laugh about. I was expecting something to think about, like, you yeah. know, sort of a food for thought, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, that's... Food for thought, yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many examples. Yeah? yeah. Um, I'm a huge Kanye West fan, and so, uh -huh. yeah, like... Um, oh, as for Kanye West, yeah, well, I think we can discuss that a bit. Uh, to be honest, you know, I'm a bit skeptical regarding Kanye. I mean, yeah, again, his music, he's a great artist, but... Um, He's trying to be more than an artist now. I mean, like, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like sort of a, a person who makes performances, you know, like how can we call him? Uh, a, a performance artist? A performance yeah. artist, yeah. And, uh, and I can understand uh, that uh, craze that he brings about, you know, and, the, and the, he sparks that craze across, across the world. Mm-hmm. Do you have understanding? Do you, can you explain that to me? Why? Again, yeah. He does different stuff. Music, clothes, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, But I can understand, like, uh, why and how he feels that nerve, you know. Nerve in a yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy, I guess, you can't really, you know, put in one corner. Because... Um, He actually started out producing, like just exclusively producing. And uh -huh. um, well, when he tried to start rapping, he, um, you know, he was kind of, you know, he was, you know, given the usual thing, like, hey, you know, like, yeah, just you know, uh, stay in your lane, you know, yeah, you're <laughs> just, just keep those beats coming, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But eventually, yeah, um, you know, uh, Jay Z and Rock Nation gave him a chance. Yeah, he released his first album. It was. Uh, It was a huge success, yeah. Uh -huh. And then again, so he released a couple of albums as a rapper. Then, oh, he wants to become a, a fashion designer, yeah. Um, he struggles to sign a deal with Nike, yeah. They're telling him the same stuff. Oh, just stick to music, blah, 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 yeah. Eventually, he makes the Yeezys. Yeah, they, um, you know, break sales records all across. And, But, yeah, talking yeah. about even Yeezys, I would say that they were something really amazing. Like, okay, um... Again, that that thing that he used to he, that he created with Nike, yeah, you know, I couldn't, I can't say that it was real. Again, it's an objective thing, a subjective thing. Sorry, that to my mind it wasn't really that I w wish to have. You know, comparing to Jordan, for example, yeah, Jordans. It's something that I don't know if you agree with me that everyone wants to have. Mm -hmm. I mean, those sneakers, you know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, go on. Like, I mean, Jordans, yeah, yeah. But Yeezys are very popular. Like, take it from me, Yeezys are very popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. They, um, yeah. It's a, it's um, it's a very popular brand. Yeah. Very lucrative. Yeah. Okay. And it, uh, it quickly made its way up to the. I mean, yeah. He he essentially became a, a respected fashion designer. Yeah. I mean, he had he had regular um, 
you know, you had Yeezy season one, two, three, four. Yeah, he had, you, you know, he was regularly releasing new product. And yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, one day he might. And so then he's like, oh, I want to run for president. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. like, and it's like, oh, stick to what you do. And yeah, like when you've had, when you're the kind of person who's, whose life has basically been defined by, um, you know, Music. just constantly proving people wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You always want to take things um, to the next level. Yeah. And, you know, now he's a billionaire. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, it's all, it's all about the next frontier. Yeah. For, for Kanye West. Yeah. It's all about okay. the next frontier. Okay. Yeah. But again, uh, talking about his, again, she's a, he's a, I like his music. I like listening to him to a, as a rapper. But even now, okay, regarding what you said, he likes proving that people are wrong. And he, like, um, he, he got into that, that game so deep that, yeah. um, that he's, one of his latest albums where he was trying to be sort of a god, you know, like, like a Jesus, I mean, you know, and his album was named as a Jesus, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, sorry. Like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. with a wordplay. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, and um, again, yeah, sure, like, and people believe uh, that it is so. But again, I can't get that. Maybe I'm super, I don't know, skeptical. Maybe I'm not, uh, I'm 27 and uh, it's more about uh, generation, you know, like Z, those who are younger than me. Really, I, I, I wish I knew that. I'd like to know that. Because, you know, even, even talking about that uh, uh, shoes, I mean, sneakers, he's producing now with Adidas. Yeah, he's now with Adidas. Yeah. Uh, I can say that really they are lucrative as, as, as well as uh, Jordans, as I said earlier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, comparing them to Jordans are... I mean, you're comparing him to the... To the <laughs> To the cream of the crop, yeah, like to, uh -huh. to the best of the best. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what's your uh, attitude to um, uh, so come on, uh, it's uh, Kanye West. Sorry, I forgot his name. Uh, do you like? Do, do you do you feel that? Do you feel why he's so? Do you feel his performances? Do you get uh, that message he's going to get? A, he, he is trying to get across. Um, well, he, um, well, a uh -huh. lot of, <laughs> well, a lot of people do. I mean, uh -huh. what he's doing is resonating with a lot of people and that's, um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, whatever he, whatever he decides to do. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of the music. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, the guy is, um. Like the guy's a serious, like like he's a real artist. Like the guy's a, you know, each every album, you know, like almost every album he's he's released, yeah, has been, you know, groundbreaking in in one way or another, yeah, and um, yeah, okay. like, and you know, just um, you know, like let him do what he's going to do, yeah, okay. and yeah, I, yeah, I'm just a big fan of his music, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's, um, he's, like, he really did a lot to push, um, really push hip-hop. Um, 
really pushed hip-hop forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He made some of the most advanced, some of the most um, artistic hip-hop, yeah, that's ever, you know, that's ever been made. What's your favorite song of Kenya? Favorite song? Uh-huh. <laughs> favorite song? Yeah. <laughs> My, it's, uh, now I'm just Googling it, you know. It's something that I, uh, uh, but there are a bunch of them. You know, you can't tell me nothing. Ah, yeah. It's something that I, you know, really like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's something really, I mean, it, I think that this song really mm, represents his, uh, his philosophy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm going to prove that I'm, I'm right and you can't tell me nothing. Yeah, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah, and it's about money, it's about success. It's about do what you love yeah, doing, uh-huh. what you want to do. It's yeah, amazing. Achieving his goals, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I can say. What about you? And, and also, while you are thinking, as for video kind of clip, can I say video clips? Um, or video? Mu- or music video. Music video, sorry, yeah. yeah. Fade. I don't know if you've seen that oh, music yeah, video. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Fade it, with... It, a, yeah, it had Tiana Taylor. Yeah, sure, yeah. it's amazing. It's like a really piece of art, like the way they move. And the, the, as far as I remember, he's a basketball player. Uh, I mean, that character on that uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, video, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. music video, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, what about you? What comes uh, to your mind? Probably Runaway. Runaway. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, why? And what do you feel and how would you explain that, this song like? It's a masterpiece. Uh-huh. It's the... Run away. I haven't heard maybe. Yeah. Kanye. Mm. Uh-huh. This one. Yeah. So, Andy, I'd like just to uh, finish our podcast with this song, if you don't mind. Oh. <laughs> right? Why not? Right? Uh, do you remember that time when you heard that? Or the, no, when you heard that song? Like for the first time? Mm-hmm. Where was it? Did you listen to via earphones or maybe you were just using your speakers? It was probably on TV. I mean, it came, wow. out, it came out when I, when I was... Uh, let's see, my, my beautiful dark twisted fancy came out in 2011. So, um, yeah, I must have been in the 10th grade or something yeah, when, when it came out. Yeah. And I mean... With, with Pusha T, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Pusha T had a, had a verse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got a beautiful video as well, yeah. Okay. So, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you, Kadeda, for talking creativity. Cool. And uh, as always, we, end up, we started with creativity, but uh, ended up discussing music, right? <laughs> Movies yeah, and stuff. Uh-huh. Anyway, you, I hope you enjoyed. I hope and thank you again for uh, helping me to, like, uh, to, you know, to reveal what creativity, not even reveal, like, to maybe figure out what creativity is. Yeah, like to untangle, like what you were talking about yeah. at the beginning, yeah.
Okay. 